Hello and welcome to Cut to Reveal podcast. My name is Ricky. And I'm Piotr. And we're here to discuss all the hurdles that come with career path of film and video editor. That's right. From that's a freelancer perspective, it. because that's what we are. We're yeah, freelancers. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and today, today's yeah. topic. Today's topic is actually uh, the one we, that we first discussed in one of the live sessions in the editing chef. And it's about what do you do to transition from working for free for a given client to getting paid? That's right. That's something that if you're a freelance editor, you kind of are faced with where when you're trying to get new clients anyway, where you're kind of doing a little bit to get a lot in the end. So kind of a general topic of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ricky, how, how many times have you worked for like a real client, not like a colleague or a friend, but a real client for free. Have you worked for free for a client? <laughs> if I have, I don't remember anymore. It's been so long. So I don't know that I can say that I have. It's mostly been what I would call like independent people, where it's like, I need your help on this. I am an independent business owner, or I am somebody okay. that just needs something done. Can you help me out at this point? And then in the future, I'll have more for you. So yeah. I'm going to say no. I haven't worked with anybody corporate that's offered me to work with them for free initially. Have you? Yeah. Have you worked for anybody like that? Me neither. Me neither. Like even when I started, uh, you know, and I wasn't trying to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. Neither were you. Uh, so um, I I was supposed to be a civil engineer. <laughs> so, yeah. so but even when I, when I started and I got my first, first clients, I, I got paid. Like, um, I, I don't know, I think it's just a matter of like setting expectations very early on, but there oh, are sure. exceptions. There are mm -hmm. exceptions. And even though it looks like we don't have much experience, <laughs> we working for free. Uh, I, I think like there are exceptions that, that you can take. And I mean, I, it's, it doesn't mean I haven't done any editing for free because I even done it this year. At the beginning of this year, I edited this short film I've mentioned already uh, in here uh, called Little Bird mm -hmm. uh, that I didn't get paid for. I mean, I did got some kind of like, you know, return on investment, so to speak. And we'll mention it on that aspect a little bit later. So I saw value in it and that's kind of essential. Uh, but but I didn't get like, I didn't get any money to do it. So right. uh but other than that, I, I, yeah, it's, it's very rarely that I would do anything for free. And if I do it, uh, it's, it's usually a passion project, basically. And I, I, I guess that's what I want to start with, uh, that what are the rules, like, basically for, for, you know, for working for free? I touched on the topic a little bit in one of the latest videos on Cut to the Point channel, where mm -hmm. I talk about the 10 things I've learned as a freelance editor. Yeah. And one of them is that sometimes it's okay to work for free. And basically right. the rule, the rule in my opinion is that, uh, you know, it has to be something that you would be willing to work for free, even if no one would ask for, for, you, you know, uh, no one would ask you to, to do it. Right. So you, like, you would be like the you one. Passion. one yeah, exactly. You would be the one like, you know, raising your hand, pick me, pick me, I'll do it for free because I, I just like the thing. <laughs> right, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely how, <laughs> I mean, I've worked on a bunch of those projects too that, um, 
you know, turned into something more. Stuff like that is more about relationships usually, or this like you're excited about the topic or working with those people and then you do it and then either that solidifies your relationship with those people or, you know, you can then maybe take that product and turn around and sell it. But yeah, I can't tell you how many passion projects I've worked on. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, some people say that uh, working for free is like, you know, uh, spoiling the market that you work in. And I like, while I understand where it comes from, this concern, uh, I also like kind of disagree because let's say like, you know, Scorsese reaches out to you and says like, you know, hey, I, I, I have this feature film, but, but, but you know, I paid my actors and I don't have money for editor. Would you be willing to edit the thing instead of film a screenmaker? <laughs> you know, I yeah. would kill for it. So, <laughs> so yeah. of course it's sometimes like, and, and you know, for, for me, it would be like, you know, a, a feature film, but for some people that just like, you know, start on the, the journey, mm-hmm. uh, Actually, a good opportunity may come from, you know, from 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 a corporate client even. So I, I wouldn't judge like you know anyone for taking on an opportunity to to work for free for for a project. Under those circumstances, not at all. I think where it gets complicated is if you have a client that is taking advantage of that editor or that person, and like, oh, you did it for this, and this is what I want it for now. So it's not necessarily that that person, that editor, is lowballing the market to ruin it for everybody or like that one free job is going to ruin it for everybody but i think that there's definitely circumstances where it's more like probably like a predatory client that's taking advantage of the situation and kind of forcing that person that editor into a corner by being like this is what it's always going to be and that kind of falls on the shoulders of the predator being a dickhead and then the editor not kind of like standing up for themselves and laying out this is exactly what the expectations are and what I expect in the future so that they don't get painted into that corner. But yeah, yeah, I would, if somebody came to me, even if it wasn't kind of with your situation, like a director came to you and was like, do this film. And, you know, it's something that even though you maybe not get monetary um, benefit out of it, it's something where you're like, this is the first time I've ever done it. So of course I'm going to do it for free so that I get the you know, the riches are the experience that you're getting for it. So, and that's, you know, in my opinion, just as good or can be just as good as the monetary aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, non-monetary things may may include, like, as you said, relationships, skills. So if you, if you know that you will learn a lot, you know, during that collaboration, it also counts as, uh, you know, as getting paid in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, y- you you still like you still have to have something in it for yourself. If you do, then it's it's something you can consider. Like working for free is something you can definitely consider. But I want to talk about like how do you actually like uh, you know recognize if a client is what you said. Like you know if someone is trying to basically rip you off, right or not. And uh, that's not easy, but I think like the biggest, the biggest thing is how they actually treat editing. Like looking into what they think about an editor, what an mm-hmm. editor does, I think may like give you a good conclusion. So let's say you you have someone approaching you and say something like, 
oh, I have this project, you just need to drop these, these things on the timeline. It's very easy, you just drop uh, the, the, the graphics I prepared. And mm-hmm. it's just about like, you know, cutting out the bad parts and putting it together as I scripted. Uh, and yeah, and I don't have any money to do it this time, but I promise next time I'll, I'll have some money to do it. And, and there is a lot of work ahead of us and, you know, we'll collaborate mm-hmm. like for years. Uh, it would be definitely like a red light for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. But when someone, <laughs> because because they are not like looking at you at uh, as as like an editor, mm-hmm. they are like perceiving you as a pusher of buttons, basically. Yeah. But if, on the other hand, if you have someone that approaches you and is like, you know, oh, I, I know a little bit about editing, but uh, I've seen what you've edited and I think you would contribute to this project I'm working on. But since it's like, you know, it's since it's like, uh, I don't know, a pilot or something like this, I don't have much budget to, um, to you know, to put into it. And I don't know how, f- like, how, how consistent it will be, but hopefully I can make it work uh, financially in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, like, conver- if I have conversation like this, when, when I have this feeling that they understand that editor is not a pusher of buttons, but someone who contributes to the story, to the film in a great way. Mm-hmm. I think this is a place where I'm like, okay, okay, let's discuss, let's talk about, it. let's see if there is something in it for me, mm-hmm. uh, beside right. money. Kind of, I mean, the way that you pose those two different characters of like the, the predator and the ideal client is basically just based on honesty. I think that, in your um, role as the uh, the client that has a pilot that doesn't have a budget is being more honest and being more upfront. Like this is exactly, I'm telling you exactly what it needs or what I have compared to the predatory client who's like, well, is kind of wishy-washy and a little bit vague with what they're exactly saying to you. And I think that's kind of, I mean, that's not something that, that's something that a person or an editor has to pick up on. So that's kind of like interrelationship and just mm-hmm. picking up on those things, which unfortunately comes sometimes comes through trial and error. But um, yeah, it's definitely comes down to the language that the people are using and you knowing exactly what um, that they're showing you their full cards. Yeah, I guess you could say that that may be a bad analogy, but <laughs> I think it's a good one. But you know, listeners will be the ones to judge. Yeah. <laughs> Email us if you think I could have used a different analogy. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the rules. We've got the rules. We've talked about, you know, when it's okay to work for free and what to look out for, I guess. And uh, the way we'll talk about it, I think, is like we'll talk about what to. Once you have this goal of like you know of building that relationship, so that eventually it brings money to to your mm-hmm. account. Uh, I think there are things you can do before, during, and after the project that contributes to that factor of someone wanting to hire you once they have a budget. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that's that's the way we're gonna do it. Uh, and the first thing, like before that, th- th- that you do before even starting the project, is like setting up uh, expectations and oh, yeah, rules, 100%. basically. Like the, mm-hmm. how, basically, like letting the the client know uh, what is your regular rate and regular way of working, regular like you know schedule and things like that. Uh, 
how you how you like to operate in your editing suite, so to speak. Right. There's definitely the expectations. And usually a client, a corporate client or somebody who works for a company will automatically ask you for a rate card. Not unless it's like somebody who's independent who doesn't deal with editors very often. Are they going to not pose you that question? And they might ask you like, well, how much do you cost or whatever? Um, and they'll use that language. Or at least in my experience, they've always, I'll have professional clients be like, what's your rate card? And those who aren't a professional be like, how much do you charge for this? And then you can basically proceed accordingly. Um, definitely highly recommended that you figure out what your rates are for day rates, uh, even a weekly rate, and also hourly and weekends. And just have it ready so that you can just blast it off in an email and be like, this is what I do. This is how much it's going to be. Um, and if if you do other stuff aside from editing, like motion graphics, color, you add that onto it. So yeah. it's always yeah. being prepared. The expectations, that's what it is. It's managing those expe- expectations and being honest about what you can and can't do. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the second episode, I think, is the one where we talked about how to get paid more, in a way, as an yeah. editor. So if, if you haven't episode? listened to it. I think it, it was the third episode. <laughs> was it the third one? Yeah, I think Jim Cummings was the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You're right. Exactly. So the third episode for anyone who wants to listen about it. And I think another thing that, that is very important before you even take on a project Mm-hmm. Uh, is to express your feelings towards it, basically, your passion towards the project. I think it's important that, that the client, from the very early on, they, they see you as someone who uh, doesn't just do it for money, but mm-hmm. basically, like, you know, finds passion in it. And if you communicate it to a client, uh, to a director or anyone, to a producer or anyone, I think it speaks, you know, uh, yeah, volume about who you are and how you how you like to work. No, for sure. that And that goes in with that human relationships of like becoming, being applic- uh, applicable, that's not right the word, um, personable. Uh, and you had mentioned it before, I think even in that episode, maybe in the first episode that we did. It doesn't matter, whatever. Mm-hmm. But basically being like uh, being an advocate for whatever they're doing. Um, obviously if you're going to, even if you're just doing it for the money, you're not going to tell the person like, well, your project sucks. I'm just doing it for the paycheck. Like you want to show them that you have interest in it, even if it's just little stuff and not that you should lie about it, but obviously theoretically you'd be working on projects that you could go through without living in hell doing it. (laughs) So, but, um, yeah, I think that that just comes with, uh, you know, figuring out what, who your clients are and and uh, what you want to work on. So even if it is just for a paycheck, you should be, um, what's the word? I can't think of the word right now. Um, <laughs> I think it's present. Like, you should yeah. be present. You should be present. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Exactly. Even the, the, that's a, actually, that's a very good point because as you said, like sometimes there are like things that you edit, not because like you're in love with, the project itself you right. just you just want to you know uh, yeah you just want to get paid basically but even that like yeah as you said like being present being like you know ready to do whatever for the client i think this is the the attitude they want to have mm-hmm. in an editor and yeah. also like this is this leads us to you know to the things you do during the um, the project like once you take on the project so during the project basically i think it all like 
I, I don't want to talk about little details. I think like everything that you do during the project mm-hmm. could be like summed up with a phrase, uh, make yourself uh, irre- irre- irreplaceable, basically. Yeah, you so, your value. Yeah, exactly. So how do you do it? You do your best, basically. You under-promise, you over-deliver, all mm-hmm. these things, all these phrases, all the bit cliche phrases, but all of them like are on point, I think. Yeah. Because like, you know, what's the goal? The goal is that once you're done with that free project and then they have new project where, mm-hmm. you know, they could spend some money on an editor, what do you want them to, to think? They, they want your name to be the first one that comes to their mind, to their mind right? Right. Mm-hmm. And how do you do it? You're making yourself uh, irreplaceable. You're irreplaceable. Help me out here. Yeah, that's right. You're replaceable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's all, I'll keep reiterating reiterating this because it it's kind of the basis of client worker relationships, or at least for us, where it's just like just that relationships, being honest, you know, being personable, telling them exactly where you stand, you know, what you can deliver to them, uh, and being nice about it and being honest about it and people will pick up on that and they'll see, they'll see, like we've said before, like if you're nice and people enjoy being around you and you're a good worker, you know, you're going to be the first person that they're going to be looking up to do their next project or whatever. Um, under promising and over delivering. That's huge. Every time it's always, it, there's not, I can't think of any time where anybody would be disappointed by that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's right. And thinking about like other, are there any other like very specific tips here that we could give to someone uh, or ourselves, yeah, to make ourselves irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. Yeah. I feel like that's, I mean, maybe that's an oversimplification of it because I think then after a certain point, we're just getting granular about it and just be like, well, because I make the best cookies and I bring them into the office for everybody. You know, like that stuff is, it's, it's an unfair advantage on top of that. You know, yeah, I bake cookies. Yeah. People love my cookies and I'm a good editor. <laughs> so bring that in, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just even those little things. I don't know. That's not maybe a realistic expectation of what a client <clears throat> would have. But eventually when you get a relationship going, it, you know, everything you do that's positive is just going to be piled on to your name is just like, oh, and Ricky does this or Peter does this. And that's why I work with him because I know and he's that's funny. He tells point, great actually. jokes. So yeah. it's it's one of those things where at the very beginning, it's something where you're like um, very personable about it. You're a good guy. You're nice. You know, you listen to them. You're present for the project. And then beyond that, it's just kind of like you're just upping the relationship where like you're kind of becoming friends with these people also. Like it shouldn't be. If you start getting into a company where you're working for them on a freelance capacity, um, it shouldn't be strange that you're also going to be having lunch with these people. And these lunches aren't going to be like work lunches where it's like we're just talking about the project. It's just like, oh, what is it that you like to do? What do you do? And it's coming becoming more personal. And so that's how these relationships basically become even more um, strengthened. Strengthened, <laughs> solidified, and, irrepra- and so, irreplaceable. <laughs> yes, irreplaceable. So yeah, those are the, that value added on top of 
what you can do uh, makes you irreplaceable. Those things are super valuable. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to try to not say so, so much in this, but I'm <laughs> failing right now. I'm failing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. So what do you do after the project? So let's say you did like you did well, you did make them feel like they wouldn't want to work with anyone else. What do you do after the project? And, you know, once they like, once you're done, once you're done with the project and once you're, uh, you know, positive, they're going to have the next one coming. I would, and, and I know that you would, is you basically ask how you did. You want to get some feedback for what your performance was and to see if it can be improved to make your relationship with them, a working relationship at least stronger, or like, how could we have done this faster? What do you think was good? What do you think was bad? What, what could be improved upon? And I think that that helps in regards to showing that you are present, that you are aware of your working relationship with this person and that you value what they have to say. And it's not just you're a button pusher or they are just a client. Um, and that's another thing that makes you irreplaceable, yeah. makes you valuable in their eyes. It shows that you care. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It shows that you care and you want to perform better for them, for their projects, for their films, for their videos. So I think, yeah, I think it's, it's awesome. It's awesome thing to do. Uh, you know, do not wait, do not wait for someone to tell you what you could do better. Ask them first. That's, that's like a very simple rule. Anyone can implement like right now today for yeah. any client that they like finished work, working with recently. But technically also, like, you know, technically, let's say, okay, you did all these things, you did them well, and uh, now they are approaching you again, and they are asking you, okay, listen, we don't have, uh, you know, we have some money this time, but very little, very little. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you do in this case? So, well, uh, do you want yeah, to start? Yeah, that's a hard thing. I mean... First of all, I don't. That's that's hard because you don't know how who these people are. Off of one project, you should be able to get a good idea of if this person's a predator or if they're not a predator. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of go from there. Like if they're gonna come to you, I don't know. Maybe you go on the three, three strikes or three times to be like, okay, the second time, this is a cool project. I like working with you. I understand your budget negotiate. You know, the budget stuff. Let's figure it out. And I can do it. Um, and then you can proceed from there. But there's always the option of saying no. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually have a little bit different uh, perspective on it, I think. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, there are like two things. Like, first of all, if you did all these things that we talked about earlier well, mm -hmm. then you'll be certain if it's someone who wants to, you know, rip you off or not. You'll be mm -hmm. certain. Because the relationship will be so like strong, and the the, the you know uh, you will know them so well that it, that you will have like you know the, the very strong feeling about either they're trying to rip you off or not. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. Uh, so whenever I get like make mixed feelings mm -hmm. when someone is approaching me for the second time, if I have mixed feelings, yeah, it means I have to say no. Really, like, and I, I, I've learned it the hard way, uh, not on free projects, but for on projects that weren't paying well. Okay, so mm -hmm. 
there was some money involved, but not very, very not a lot, basically. And uh, I learned it the hard way because I, I said, uh, okay, let's do it the second time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the, 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 the money aspect, but I suffered with that, like, you know, the, 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 the collaboration, the, the way the collaboration worked didn't work mm-hmm. for me, basically. And yeah. I suffered because of it, like in some way, like, you know, I don't want to go, go into details here because it doesn't matter here. But like, I, I think it's like, if you get mixed feelings about a client, just say mm-hmm. no, just say no. Uh, but in my opinion, there are like, let's say you don't have mixed feelings. So in my opinion, there are just, just two things you can do. Either you say, okay, I'll do it for free big again. <laughs> you can do it again because, uh, because it's something that like, you know, gives you so much value that is not monetary that you're willing right. to do it anyway. Or, I mean, you, you, it doesn't have to be for free. It can be with very little money involved, but, but here the value, the value you get has to be very specific. You, you have to know what you're getting out of it, you know, and it right. has to be something that really like contributes to you, uh, to your life. Uh, and the second option is you're not negotiating with them. You're, you're reminding them that these are your rates. Mm-hmm. You're coming back to that first conversation that you had early on. And yep. you say, you know, uh, there's a printer. My wife is printing something in, from the oh, other I room. Can, so. I can barely hear it. Okay. It's a great printer. Cool. Sounds like a great printer. <laughs> <laughs> so you rem- remind them your rates. Right. What is the usual rate you take? And you're just like not not negotiating it. You're mm-hmm. just setting up the the you know uh, reminding them about what what are the conditions you you work uh, under basically. Yeah, the expectations. Yeah, exactly. And if you did all these things uh, that we talked about uh, early on, well, they will find the way to find money. You know, that's the way it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to is trying to figure out even if they don't have money and they're trying to figure out how to you to give you as the editor more money or you in a way it's subjective where then okay well do i want to work for these people a second time for less money again because i think that this will pay off in the end and i like them i mean there's a there is a bit of subjectiveness to it um and so you know depending on where you are like theoretically speaking or i don't know yeah metaphorically yeah. whatever point. like where you are where you're like okay i can take this on and be fine with it or you're like i don't want to waste my time i love working with you guys but i can't take something like that. i can't do that again so unfortunately i'm gonna to have to turn you away and that shouldn't be closing a door it just means like for this project i can't do it but the next oh, yeah. project maybe we can do it so but yeah, oh, yeah that's a good thing to always even if you if you have repeat clients um that you should be kind of setting the expectations each time. And usually, depending on how often you work with them, like if you work with somebody, what I would call like three-quarter time, where like they're essentially like employing you almost full-time, but you're not a full-time, you're still freelance, then the expectation is consistent. Like they know because you were just in a job and jumping into another job. But if you've got clients that are coming to you like weeks or months later, most likely you're going to have to, reiterate what your rates are or they might even ask you like oh can mm-hmm. you remind me of mm-hmm. what your rates are uh and then you just you know you manage those expectations accordingly yeah anything else you want to add okay no, I-, I think that's it and so- if you do that you will be a successful editor in the world of editing <laughs> 
hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's still uh, it's a journey. Yeah, it's a it journey. is a journey. Career is a you journey. Never like building career is a journey. So, but uh, I, I'm like confident that these things like work. Uh, not that I mastered all of them, but yeah, but uh, I think they they work for me. Like. I'm doing okay. I'm not doing great. There are like a lot of things I wish I would be doing better, but I, I'm doing okay. Like uh, from the career point of view. You know? uh, I agree. I, and I'm, to be honest, I haven't heard of anybody that had like won the golden ticket and was just like, I just yeah. did this one thing. And it was like, and here I am in my, on my yacht and I'm an ad video editor and blah, blah, blah. Uh, or like who isn't so freelance that, you know, that doesn't lead to like a full-time job. Like everybody that I know, that is a successful editor or who is highly valued or respected does this exact same thing where it's just like little things where like I had mentioned the cookies before, like stuff like that, or even sending out Christmas cards once you have developed this relationship or, you know, just like being that personable and being there, as we have said before, where it's just like making yourself invaluable and finding out what it is that sets you apart from the other editor, the other editors that unfair advantage so like i mean we aren't like superstar editors in the way that we think of maybe like simon smith or francis parker or whatever but we're still able to make a living on this and you know if you were to ask me what i am i'd be like i'm a video editor like that's my career that's what i am this is my dream job i'm working in the same with peter like this is what we are this is what we do so it's not from a place like maybe this will work for you Maybe it won't, and it really depends on you as a person and how you interact with these people. But those things specifically that we're talking about in this episode will definitely... I don't think there's anything that's going to be like that there is a crack in that. that You can be like, well, I don't know. This is... It's kind of like wishy-washy what you're talking about. Like, I feel like these are concrete. Like, if you do these things, you definitely have success. So, ah, I've said it again. Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) Before we go on, we're going to take a short sponsor break. Cuts to Reveal podcast is brought to you by The Editing Chef, a course for editors who seek to maximize their creative productivity and streamline the editing workflow. The course introduces tips and techniques that will help you edit more efficiently and therefore make it more enjoyable. Plus, it will delight your clients and keep you passionate about our wonderful profession. So if you want to learn more and save your spot, visit cuttothepoint.com forward slash TEC. And now back to the podcast. So let's cut to the next uh, section because we're going to have a new section actually in the podcast today. Yeah. Uh, yeah Some yeah, fun. Uh, <laughs> so Not I'll to say re- that the podcast isn't fun, but <laughs> we're going to mix Ricky it up. I'll let introduce the, the, the rules, but basically we, we want to have like some kind of like a, can you call it a film trivia? Kind of a film trivia. Kind it's of- definitely like a little bit of a game. Um... May I don't it's well right now this is the since this is the first time we're doing it I don't know if it's definitely film trivia because it's not necessarily like asking you a question about specific films but it's maybe like more of a general thing so it could I guess it could be trivia um I don't know we don't even have a name for this game I was going to just call it three questions which isn't very sexy sounding (laughs) but that's basically what it is um so the rules of it is that I have three questions and Peter has three questions for me and I have for him. And it can be for specifically for movies and TV shows. And the questions are going to be simple. And it's basically going to be 
I don't know, what's a good example? Can you think of one that isn't your question? Name a film with a, with a scene in, ele- in, in an elevator. So there, so that it's going to be that. And then I have 30 seconds. We're going to put a time limit on this. No, 10 seconds. Come on. Oh, 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Okay, so we're going to go 10 seconds. seconds. We have 10 seconds to think of a movie or a TV show, you know, that is specific to that question. And it doesn't have to be like, we're not looking for a specific answer as long as, I guess we need to know that it's an actual movie or a TV show. We can't like make it up. So within that 10 seconds, if we come up with something that we know of, then we get a point. And if we don't, then we get negative points. So yeah. at the end, there's going to be a winner. Exactly. And, lo- and the loser. <laughs> and a loser. There'll be a winner and a loser. Because not everybody's a winner in this game, people. Exactly. This is real life, all right? This is there the- are no safe spaces here. <laughs> although, although technically, there can be a tie. So we'll see how it goes. That's true. There could be a tie. <laughs> we can have Which... like 0-0, zero, zero, for example. So <laughs> That's true. So that would be... But okay, so then since this is a new game, will there be a tiebreaker? Does there have to be a no, winner and a loser? No, not this time. We'll let people decide. So if you're listening to it and you want to contribute to how we do it, and you know, maybe like send us a theme that we can like oh, yeah, you know yeah. uh, fit our questions in into, uh, then send us an email at podcast at cuttothepoint.com, or I don't know comment under the youtube video for this podcast or anything or even on our instagram or even on yeah exactly even and we might do this with well it's, it's early days right now we'll so, so we'll see how this goes but you know we might expand this different where we'll maybe you ask our guests or bring people on to do it so think it's about a very that good idea people out there in tv land movie land and podcast guess. land i don't know <laughs> okay so questions uh, we need to toss a coin or something this will do. It's a plastic coin or something. Okay, with sign on it or a blank one? I'll take blank, which is, we'll call that tails. And then the other yeah, one with I the know. sign on it. I know, it's not a real coin, so <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have, we have We're on a budget here, people. We're on a budget. <laughs> we'll get some coins with heads and tails on it someday. All right, flip okay. it. So uh, if you have blank, then you will ask me the first question, right? Sure, that's okay. fine. Cool. Hey, that's not blank, so I'm I'm gonna ask you first. Okay. Hey, so uh, the timer. I'm setting the timer. Ten seconds. Okay, I have it here. And the first one is. I think it's easy, but let let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay. okay. So name name a film or a TV show with time travel in it. Shit. Um, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Done. Eight seconds. Well done. One <laughs> point. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, here, here's, I'm going to throw an easy one at you. Name a movie or TV show with a dragon in it. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Goblet oh, of Fire. <laughs> there you go. Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm drinking from my Harry Potter mug, so that's equally as relevant. Oh my goodness, we are nerds. So you can see that this is pretty easy so far. Maybe in future episodes we'll make them harder. But I mean, the second one from me will be a little bit harder, I think. Okay. Do you want? Do you want a hard one? Yeah, yeah. Throw it at me. Okay. Uh, So name a film or a TV show. I guess we'll skip that part later. With 
school shooting in it. Is it White Elephant? Is that the name of the movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think you got it. I mean, I, I, I think it's a point. It's, it's an elephant. It's an elephant. Yeah. Or is it but, elephant? Is it just yeah, elephant? Yeah, it's just elephant. As, as far as I know, I'll, I'll, we'll have to check it, actually. But uh, f- fact check, people. Fact check. Yeah, it is. Elephant. All right. Um, are you going to be keeping time for all the yeah, questions? or am I, I will. Okay. All right. I will. Just give me a second. I'll reset the timer. Okay. All right. This is going to be a hard one, maybe. Okay. Okay. Name a movie or a TV show where the main character dies. Spoiler alert, in case whatever. Oh, it should be easy. It should be easy. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm over the time already. Uh, no. <laughs> so, I mean, it is easy. Like Negative. there are like uh, there are like many many things that come to my mind. Like I'll go with uh, Green Mile. I don't know if you can say that it's a main character, but yeah, Green Mile, oh, let's say. I guess he's the main character. Yeah, he's a main supporting character, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'll count it. But you moose the time, so I yeah. won't count it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's zero for, for me in this round. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it should be easy. So that's funny, you know? That's funny because I, I've like, it, it, it seems that the, the time pressure and, you know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It definitely like dis- disrupts your mind. <laughs> this is serious, people. Ten seconds is no joke. Okay. The pressure, under pressure. But you know what? The next one, you will keep the time for me because okay. Hold I, on, I let me get. I got all to be distracted with with keeping right. time for for myself. Ready? I have a few. Okay, just I'll go one. with this one. <laughs> I'll go with this one. Okay, uh, this one will be. I think it's semi semi difficult. We'll see how it goes. So. Uh, Name, blah, 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 where the main character is an actor. Is an actor? Three. I don't know. Two. One. Uh, There's my timer. (laughs) Where the main character is an actor. I can't even think one beyond the the time now. Really? What were you thinking of? What were you thinking of? Oh, Birdman. Ah, Birdman, that's a Birdman, good one. like another one, like uh, Kaminsky Method, TV show. Oh, I haven't seen that. Mm, yeah. Oh, Barry. Barry would have been one. I mean, it could be probably not. not. Adaptation is really like a screenwriter. Not I thought of that too, writer. but he's a writer. Yeah, he's a writer, exactly. That was a good one. Mm. Is that, that's three for me then? So this is the last question for you? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And I have a chance to tie you up or, or I'm a loser. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a loser today. Let's see. All right. Oh, man. I got two good ones. Keeping in the spirit of the season, give me a movie or a TV show with an evil Santa. Time oh, starts now. Uh, but Santa. But oh, Santa. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's good. One, so. <laughs> that was a easy one. But it's Christmas, so... Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> so what are so what are the so what are the scores, Peter? Two, two Peter, two Ricky. Yeah. It's so a it's a tie. Yeah. It's a tie. So maybe in the future we'll have a tiebreaker. But it could today. Uh, I mean I think you do have one more question there. And I have one more here. <laughs> so Really? I mean you I said that, that you have three. two questions there. 
you have you I said, do I have yeah. I have four questions in all okay so, so I, I guess we're gonna I keep have going another one as well yeah let's do it let's all right, do it all right let like, me get the timer don't set like up ties. <laughs> people don't like ties they hate okay them. name a movie or a tv show with a tiger in it uh the life of pi done three seconds well done I haven't even seen that movie. <laughs> I read the book, but I haven't seen the movie yet. All right. This is it. Either we're going to tie or we're going to lose. Go ahead. Movie or TV show with an action scene in an elevator. Actually, it's not that easy. I, I think <laughs> Mission Impossible, uh, I, I'll, I'll say like uh, Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, now I got to check it. Yeah. So is it Mission Impossible or Ocean Eleven? Ocean's Eleven. How would you even check that? <laughs> I don't know. Is there an elevator? YouTube, Ocean Eleven elevator scene. I'm pretty sure, but I'm not like 100% sure. So let's see. Yeah, there is one. All right, there we go. Four questions. And it's tied. Three, three, two, three, two. What do we what do, do now? I don't know. We can keep, we could probably <laughs> keep going, but I don't have any, okay, I don't have any, any more questions like in my back pocket. So let's keep it that way. Tis the season, everybody. So yes, but I thought that was fun. Hopefully yeah. our listeners also thought it was fun because we're going to keep on doing this, whether you guys like it or not. <laughs> exactly. So. I mean, the idea actually came up when uh, I needed an idea for, for B-roll for a video I was editing. And mm -hmm. I asked Ricky, Ricky, help me out. I need a scene from a movie with an elevator pitch. And we were like, oh, that's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's where the idea like came from. So we'll see. Yeah. I think I'm, I mean, we can have more difficult questions. So uh, yeah, it will be fun. It will be fun. Maybe we'll have the three questions and then it'll be like the first one's easy and then it'll just the, the, the difficulty will increase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could so. do it this way. Anyway, I think that's it for this episode, which is episode seven. Obviously, we're recording this during the holidays. So hopefully everybody has a good holiday. Um, they get presents or whatever, have good times with their family and friends and yada, yada, yada. Hopefully it snows by you. I'm hoping it snows by me. But um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you want to add, Peter? Not really. Like, happy new year, people. And, uh, you know, keep editing. <laughs> yeah. Shoot and edit like there's no tomorrow. Exactly. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you've listened to this on. Your reviews help more people discover this show. You can also follow us on Instagram. Just search for at cut to reveal and tell your friends. And if you have any questions or comments, send them to podcast at cuttothepoint.com. And who knows, maybe we'll use them in the future episodes. And as we say around here, until the next time, shoot and edit like there is no tomorrow.